What up? We are back again today in the studio, and it is time to get the ball rolling. What up? What are you guys doing today? How is it? I am super excited to be back again today in the studio talking about the FBS National Championship. So many things have happened since, uh, well, since the FCS podcast and also a lot of things have happened since the F our last FBS podcast. Uh, we talked a lot about the coaching carousel and what does it mean and, and, and a lot of different things, right? But I am so excited to talk to you guys today. So uh, just to go over a few things, uh, we'll start off with the national championship, uh, discuss a little bit of that. We'll compare top 25, uh, you know, preseason versus now. Who surprised? Who didn't? Uh, we'll have our uh, kind of coaches corner, coaches take, coaches will, whatever you want to say uh, about the new hires and stuff like that. And then uh, we'll send it off because that is pretty much our podcast today. Unless we think something along along the lines, uh, we're excited for 2020. Building a lot more things. You gotta have to let us know how we're doing through this podcast. I've been trying a lot of different audio techniques and uh, and stuff like that. So. Stay with us. We're loving it. Keep on building. So the national championship, right? So excited to be a part of it. Now, I don't know if it, if you guys uh, were excited as I was. I actually, uh, I was lifting, uh, went home, took a shower, and then uh, my friend called me up and said, hey, come on over. So I went over. We had a huge pizza party. A lot of fun uh, hanging out with my friends down there in St. George. And it became very apparent right off the bat, at least to me. I mean, the game was close, but I always felt like LSU was in control. Uh, despite Clemson playing very good, I felt like they were playing a little bit desperate. Now, I don't know how uh, I can explain it in words. Some of their play calling was a little bit different than from the Ohio State game. Some of their play, play calling is a little bit different than, than some of the other games that I've seen Clemson play. And I just they just looked like they knew that they had to get up on LSU because LSU was going to come at them uh, with a tenacity that they hadn't seen. I thought LSU kept it interesting through the first half. Uh, it was a lot of fun, right? And then it exploded. Joe Burrow you know, broke pretty much every single record, I think, out there as far as quarterbacks can go. And everybody is raving about him and his ability. Now, I want to get into that a little bit. I really do like Joe Burrow. Uh, over the past few days, I've heard people compare him to Tony Romo. I've heard him compared to Andy Dalton. I've heard him compared to a more accurate Dak Prescott. I even heard him compared to Joe Montana. Now, for me and how I see it, why can't we let Joe Burrow just be Joe Burrow? If we tried to compare Patrick Mahomes and, and his talent, yeah, it's comparable to Aaron Rodgers, but he's not Aaron Rodgers. So stop with these new kids. Stop trying to say, you know, Lamar Jackson, a better Mike Vick. No, just let Lamar Jackson be Lamar Jackson. Let Patrick Mahomes be Patrick Mahomes. Let Joe Burrow be Joe Burrow. I love the kid. I thought he had some moxie. I thought that he played tremendous. Uh, I was really impressed with the way LSU did that, and I really feel like this was uh, an impressive win for him. Now, everyone likes an underdog story, and I feel like that's where where the story really builds a lot of momentum. You know, told no at Ohio State, not a super good last uh, last season. Uh, 
at LSU, and then all of a sudden, you know, he breaks out uh, this year. Well, I guess it was in the UCF game last year. He played really well, and then this year he just, you know, took off, and he he took the college football play or the college football uh, landscape, you know, media whatever by storm. And I really feel like he did that very meticulously. I thought that he played very well, and in, in, in college, it's all about who's playing well at that time. Everyone knew that Trevor Lawrence was going to be good. Everyone knew that Tua Tagovailoa was going to be good. Joe Burrow just kind of kind of had some questions. Not a lot of people even had him on an, on on their Heisman ballot. I for one didn't. I want to admit it. I didn't. So let's just let him be him. Let him build his legacy. I think he's going to do all right in the NFL. Most new young guys are playing tremendous in the NFL. And I mean, you look. I mean, even with with Baker Mayfield having a, a a difficult season this year, most young guys they're going into the NFL and they're sticking because you know what they've been playing quarterback number one since they were ten years old, going to quarterback camps and stuff like that. And uh, the game has been you know designed to be more uh well designed to be better for the quarterback itself, but. Very, very excited. I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, again, I don't know if Cincinnati is the place where he ultimately will want to end up. I don't know that. I don't know a lot about his, uh, no, I wouldn't say character, but I don't know if he's ready to build what exactly Cincinnati Bengals need. But I think they're going to get a really good player. And if they put the right pieces around him, I think he's going to do pretty good. You look at, uh, I mean, I don't, like I said, I don't like to compare, but Kirk Cousins, he has the right pieces around him. He's pretty good. You look at Jimmy Garoppolo, he has the right pieces around him. He's pretty good. I think that's how Joe, Joe Burrow has to approach the Cincinnati thing. I mean, we have the generational talents. We have the Deshaun Watson, and we have the Patrick Mahomes. You have Aaron Rodgers, who, who, who really are generational. You could see Andrew Luck now that he's retired, Russell Wilson. You have those guys, and then you have, you know, 20 other quarterbacks that they just need a lot of help around them. Not saying that their play isn't, uh, isn't good, but you're, there's only 32, you know, uh, quarterbacks out there playing at a given time. And if you're one of them, you're pretty good. And I believe that's where it's going to end up going for Joe Burrow. I'm happy for coach. O. I thought, uh, you know, we had a tough kind of run at Ole Miss. Uh, I think he is Louisiana. I mean, he was sitting there talking French in one of the, one of the interviews, uh, you know, that kind of the swamp monster voice kind of just, the the growly voice you guys you guys know how it is uh how he talks and stuff but i think that those kind of things i think he he represents the state of louisiana really well and and good for him he wasn't wanted at usc he went to lsu to make a name of himself and people don't realize that just we're just two years removed from coach oh people wanting him out of the building number one in in uh, i believe it was the second season they lost to troy at home in death valley 24 to 21 that's embarrassing troy now, in retrospect, Troy went 11-2 and that year, but that, you, you don't do that if you're LSU. You don't lose that game. I mean, we ripped Michigan for losing to Appalachian State, but Appalachian State went on to win the national championship that year, you know, but... You know, you look at a team like Troy. Yeah, they went eleven and two, but we're gonna we're not gonna rip LSU because. But that was an embarrassing loss. I cannot believe it happened. But uh, you know, he was told he has to to win again. Goes ten and three this year or, you know, uh, last year, and then this year, look what he builds. He did a tremendous job. And here are some stats for you. So uh, LSU is the first team to beat four teams 
in the top four. So in the preseason, we had Clemson, we had Alabama, we had Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio State, then LSU. So we had LSU at number six. So we knew these guys were going to be good. But if we looked at it and we we ended the season, uh, you know, before it even started, they wouldn't have made the college football playoff. However, they played Clemson. They beat them by a score of 42 to 25. They played Bama, beat them by a score of 46 to 41. Beat Georgia by a score of 37 to 10 and beat Oklahoma 63 to 28. Now, that is absolutely incredible what they were able to do. Uh, I believe that uh, you don't just go and do these things uh, and expect, I mean, like, that's four legit programs right there. They outscored these teams, right? Some of the best in college football by a score of 47 to 26. Now, you got to understand it kind of uh, makes the numbers not as consistent if you have you know Oklahoma being able to score 63 points and they only scored 28 and Georgia's 37 to 10. So, so excuse the numbers a little bit, but they had a tremendous season. Uh, a lot of people have asked uh, me, reach out to me, is this the best team of all time? The only way I think I could see LSU being the best college football team of all time is how how do they do all these guys when they get to the next level? I think that's when you really evaluate it. In college, yes, they're absolutely tremendous. You look at the Miami Hurricanes uh, in 01, they were amazing, but they also got so many people to that next level and were pro bowlers at the next level. So that's how I'm going to evaluate this LSU team. But congratulations to them. Congratulations to the state of Louisiana, LSU, uh, you know, the university and, and everyone that was a part of it, you know, enjoy it. I w- really hope one day I'll be able to feel what you guys feel right now and uh, we'll call it good. So congratulations. All right. So we're going to be moving on to the preseason top 10 or top. Yeah. We'll look at like top 10, top 25, right? Uh, we've already mentioned it, right? Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio state, LSU, Michigan, Florida, Notre Dame, and Texas. So, you know, you have Oregon sitting on the outside. You have AM sitting on the outside. You have Washington, Utah, and Penn state. So those are our top 15. Now we're going to look at the, the postseason, right? What was it? LSU, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia. So those are like kind of the teams that we kind of knew, uh, along with Oklahoma, Alabama. Those were teams that were like, okay, you know, we're confident on we got them right. But here are some newcomers, right? Now, they weren't super far off, but you did have Oregon uh, that, that snuck up into there, into the number five spot. Florida jumped up, which they should. They played well at the end of the season. Uh, you have Penn State rise from 15 uh, to the nine spot, and Minnesota coming in at number 10, which I think is crazy that Minnesota's ranked number 10 and Wisconsin's ranked number 11, uh, despite winning head-on-head. That's why these polls, like, it's kind of arbitrary, I guess. And we never saw the Penn State-Wisconsin game. Uh, so how could you say that Penn State was better than Wisconsin because they took second overall? Uh, despite, I mean, they lost to Ohio State, lost to Oregon, which are two teams above them. So uh, hard, it's a hard sell. Anyway, as, as I'm looking at this, uh, we do have Baylor that came up a little bit. Notre Dame uh, fell just a little bit. Auburn uh, from preseason, I believe. Uh, they were 16 preseason, 14, so they rose. Uh, Iowa rose a little bit. Utah fell uh, one spot. And uh, we actually have Appalachian State as 19th overall. Had they, it was crazy as if they would have won and beat Georgia Southern, they probably would have been top 15, which would have been insane. Uh, and then we have Texas down all the way down to 25. So, you know, here, here, here's what it is. And I'm going to go back to the preseason rankings. And I know you guys might roll your eyes at this as I, as I begin to talk, but we're going to look at the bottom. Uh, so many in the 
the we'll go from 21 down to 25. We had Iowa State, we had Syracuse, we had Wazoo, we had Nebraska, and Stanford. Stanford didn't go to a bowl game. Uh, Washington State went six and seven. Nebraska didn't go to a bowl game. Syracuse didn't go to a bowl game. Uh, Iowa State, I believe, went eight and six. Eight and six, I think. I can't remember right off the top of my head. But what I'm looking at is that take it with a grain of rice, right? We're really good at predicting the top 15. We just say, okay, these teams, pretty good. Every once in a while, we'll have a team that sneaks up, you know, like an Appalachian. Did we really know about... uh, do we really know about them? Did how do we rate them as well? Also, Memphis. I don't see Memphis on here, which you know that was a really good uh, football team this year. But it really pains me. And, and then Missouri was actually technically number twenty six, who didn't go to a bowl game. Uh, Army didn't go to a bowl game. Mississippi State didn't go to a bowl game. Like as we go down the line, like we're really bad at uh, analyzing the the preseason. So w- when the preseason rolls around, we're really good at the top ten. You can take it. And most of the top 10 are going to stay within the top 25. But Nebraska, they were 24 after a 4-8 and eight season. Now they've had a 5-7 and seven season. Do you, are you, we going to put them in the top 25? We better not. Stanford, well, obviously, because they fell so far below. But, you know, it was the kind of the same thing with Nebraska. You know, we we said that uh, they were the 24th best team after going 4-8. and eight. Well, Stanford's around that right now. Are we going to put them back up there? Syracuse didn't make it. So we got to be careful with uh, as we analyze these teams. Uh, we got to look at the body of work. We got to look at the people coming back. And I understand that a lot of people can get hurt. A lot of players can get hurt. Coaching changes, uh, changes in, in, in the culture at that school. But I'm just letting you guys know just to take it for what it's worth in the preseason. Uh, I always feel like there's, you know, four or five teams that we completely miss on. And this year we did. Uh, if you're looking at the top 25, and uh, that was in our top 25, I was looking at uh, ESPN top 25. Looked at the the CBS as well, and it was very very similar. So, just be prepared as we go into the, as we transition into this next season. Uh, top ten, we're going to get really good. The next fifteen is going to be kind of up in the air, and uh, you, we're going to go through that. Also, it's kind of helping me as I'm talking about it to be ready to present it to you guys, uh, our listeners of the show really what we think about these teams. Uh, Again, like I said, I wasn't on the Nebraska train. Uh, I wasn't super high on Stanford this year, and I wasn't really high on uh, Syracuse. Syracuse, I said six and six. I think they went five and seven, so I was pretty close there. I would have thought they would have got the bowl game out of the ACC. But anyway, so here we go. Just, Just I'm letting you guys be in formed college football fans so when you hear these experts talk about you know these teams you know okay wait hold on they went four and eight last year we're not going to put them in the top 25 until they prove it take it for what it's worth all right so uh we're gonna be taking a step aside after our uh ad break we're gonna bring it back we're gonna be talking about the coaches the grades that we give them and then we're gonna sign off uh for our last you know breakdown of the season and transition into the fbs offseason hope you guys are in are enjoying it loving it keep it keep it going and uh let's keep this ball rolling here we go back after the break. Now, uh, before we sign off, right, this being our last podcast, you know, when we analyze games about uh, the 2019-2020 football season, really we should just call it the 2019 season, but we want to go over the coaches that were hired 
that were fired, I guess, you know, we're going to have some job openings and stuff. But we want to go over that and give them grades. What was the grade? What did we think of this particular coaching hire? So here we go. The coaching, I want to say carousel, but we'll just say wheel. The coaching wheel and the grades thereof. All right, here we go. So number one, we have Ole Miss, right? Uh, Lane Kiffin. He, they just hired Lane Kiffin, and he, I don't know how to explain this. He, he was kind of uh, an interesting character, right? USC, Tennessee, Oakland, you know, Alabama, kind of this interesting dude. Uh, right now, his overall record in college is 61 and 34. Uh, I think this is a great hire for a team that desperately needs a jump start desperately looking to make noise in this conference uh matt luke was not the guy to do it and you know what like hugh freeze did have some success there so you know what we're going to give that hire an overall b i thought it was a good hire i wouldn't say that it was the best hire in the, on on the market but i did like this hire so we're going to give it a b all right, Sam Pittman was just hired on as an Arkansas head coach. Now, everybody raved about him. You know, he's this Southern guy, and he uh, he's worked for Arkansas before, just came, coming over as the, the associate head coach of Kirby Smart and the University of Georgia. But I don't like this hire, number one, because of the inexperience. Now, he's been around a lot of good programs. Now, don't get me wrong, but as a head coach, you're not the, the coordinator anymore. You're not the friend. You're not the, the guy that can just you know, hey you gotta listen to coach no you are the guy you have to listen to and until i see uh them do that as particularly at a place that hasn't had a lot of success recently i'm not going to do that we gave that the higher ac now no nothing against him nothing against the university i just have a guy to have a little bit more proof i don't really know who he is i've done a lot of research it's a c average coach we'll see if arkansas can get back to the bowl game all right, so Mike Leach was just hired on at Mississippi State. Now, I don't, I don't really know uh, why he left Washington State if he just didn't see uh, a future there or what. But he moved to the SEC, and maybe it was just one of those lifetime, you know, opportunities to coach in the Southeastern Conference. And so he moved there. Uh, I'm going to give uh, this grade a B plus. Now you got to give him four years. This is contingent on that you give him four years to build a program. I don't think that Mississippi State next year is going to come out of the gates. Nor the second year. He struggled at Washington State to build uh, the team that he wants. And this last year, not I mean not this year when he went, uh, you know, six and seven. The year before when he went eleven and two, he had the players to do so. I think he's proven that he can get big time transfers to come in. Uh, he's gonna. He's, we know what he's gonna do. He's gonna run the spread. He's gonna sling the ball all over the the field. And let's see if the SEC can stop it. Know, against an Auburn team, against the Alabama team, against an LSU team that are really fast on the outside. It's going to be hard at first, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, two or three years down the road where he's at. So we're going to give that a B plus. Now, Rutgers rehired uh, Coach Greg Schiano, and I did not like this hire. Uh, stop trying to relive the glory days, Rutgers. Greg Schiano was testing at Rutgers. Uh, he went up to the uh, Tampa Bay. You guys know that I am a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, but he didn't do anything. He's kind of bounced around a little bit. Uh, he was at Ohio State. There's a reason why uh, other universities have not taken a chance on him. I think his name was thrown around during the Tennessee hire, and they ended up going with uh, Jeremy Pruitt, right? But I don't like this hire. Stop trying to relive the glory days records. Uh, it's a really tough program to build just because it's been so terrible since, really since Shiano has left. Uh, not a good, I mean, two, three, 
three wins every single year. Uh, I'm going to give that hire a D just because I'm tired of hearing, you know, oh, well, he did it before. He can do it again. True, he did do it before, but that does not mean he's going to do it again. He was in the Big East uh, before when he was when he had a game, you know, against lesser opponents, and, and he could build that, but I don't like the hire. We're going to give that a D. All right. Florida State hired uh, coach Mike Norvell. I really like this hire, uh, despite being really critical of some other of these hires, right? Obviously, Shiano and uh, a little bit harder on, on Sam Pittman. Uh, Mike Norvell has had a head coaching job before. And I really like what he's been able to do. And I like... I don't know. I just like the intangibles about him. I like his his uh, his moxie. I like his coaching ability. I'm going to say that it was an A hire for Florida State. Now you can't keep running through coaches. Eventually, you're going to have to, you know, make a leap. Obviously, Willie Taggart wasn't the guy, but you got to stick with this guy four or five years. Let him build the program, and we'll see where Florida State is at after his his time building. So an A there. So now we have a new guy to Pullman because we just talked about Mike Leach leaving at the at Washington State University. Uh, my or Nick Rolovich. Now Nick, not a lot is known about Nick Rolovich for a couple of reasons. Number one, nobody stays up and watches Hawaii play. Not even me. On the West Coast, I live out here in the Mountain Time Zone, and occasionally we go down to Vegas or we go out to Portland, and we're on the Pacific Time Zone. But that means that it's three hours behind. These guys start games here in Utah at like 10, 11 o'clock at night nobody's watching on the east coast what's going on in hawaii and that's just i mean it's sad but it's just the fact of the matter right nobody knows who this guy is but his record is 28 and 27 uh, that's not enough to be hired at a power five conference i felt like it was a little bit of a panic hire you didn't really know uh who would be on the market uh you didn't know you had to refill the coaching position before we get early signing period before we get the end of the recruiting before all these things uh, and yeah, Hawaii's been decent over the last couple of years, but part of the reason is that you had to fly out to it. I don't see them beating Cal. I don't see them beating uh, Oregon. I don't see them beating Washington. So you're looking at the fourth best. I know Mike Leach. I know he, he struggled against uh, the University of Washington, but he got to 11 and 2, so he had somewhat of a, a of a system. Uh, he has no ties to the school, at least for for what I could research and stuff. Like uh, if you have uh, head coach Jonathan Smith at, at Oregon State, I really think that this was a rush hire, and I don't see this working out. Uh, I'm going to give it a C minus just for the fact that you know what he has he did build a little bit into Hawaii, but very very largely improving. And then you go from a Mountain West team to a Power Five team, you're going to really have to convince me. And it wasn't like it was a Power it was a Group of Five you know champion. They went ten and five this year Hawaii please prove me wrong I do I have watched a little bit of Hawaii's games but please prove me wrong here but didn't like to hire out of Washington State I don't know who you hire but I didn't like this one uh, we'll see where it goes from there uh, number seven uh, coach we have we have we're gonna do out of nine number seven we have Jimmy Lake out of the University of Washington uh, also I feel like this was uh, a quick hire I mean like Chris Peterson stepped down and Jimmy Lake was like he's gonna be the guy immediately so i feel like this was kind of already in motion uh i feel like for the university of washington being the brand that they are uh you know two years removed from a pac-12 title game i believe back to back to back pac-12 championships right and uh being able to go to the college football playoff 
I don't know who Jimmy Lake is. I don't know where he's going to build. I, I don't see it. He, he's been a great guy. He uh, has some tremendous accolades uh, being, you know, secondary coach. Being a secondary coach is completely different than being a head coach. Now, they've had really good defenses at the University of Washington and really good secondaries at the University of Washington under him. Hello. Uh, during that time, Mike Leach never beat the University of Washington, and he's a pass-happy guy. He runs the spread, right? Which means that he had a, it was a pretty good secondaries coach. It's really hard for me to jump on on the bandwagon right now. We'll see how he how he builds. But with Oregon kind of already established, with Cal on the on the rise out of that side of the conference, you're looking maybe third place next year at best. Uh, and then you have a whole new guy you got to figure out out in Pullman. Uh, obviously, you kind of have the big brother little brother uh, syndrome there. But uh, take it for what it's worth. We're gonna give it a B minus uh, higher just because they kept it within the department. They didn't have to go out and look. They did it really quick. So this has kind of been coming. Uh, he did work under Chris Peterson, so I hope that he can replicate what Peterson has done. Next up, we have uh, Colorado State and Steve Adazio. You know what? I think Colorado State is content at going 7-5 and five every single year because that is Steve's track record. 7-5, 6-6. Six and six. And if you're happy with that, Colorado State, congratulations. You got it. But with one of the best backs that we've seen in, in A.J. Dillon, Probably we'll see over the next little bit. He was so underrated and he used like a, a tenth of his potential. Didn't really like the hire. I think you're going to go seven and five every single year. So, hey, if you're content with that, go ahead and do it. Uh, and then finally, we have Willie Taggart going to FAU replacing Kiffin. Now, obviously, there were a lot more uh, head coaching jobs. We'll get into that a little bit later. Oh, and the Steve Adazio, we gave, we, we gave the hire a D. Sorry, I didn't say that. So B minus on Jimmy Lake and a D on Steve Adazio. Uh, Willie Taggart at FAU going down there. Uh, he had success at, uh, at Western Kentucky, had success at USF. He went to Oregon and Florida State, and the spotlight was a little too big. So I think this is a perfect system. He is a spread kind of guy. Stepping in for Kiffin, I liked this hire more than what people want to let on. This was a really decent hire, so I like it. Uh, we're going to give it a B, a solid B, right? Nothing too fa fancy. And I look to see that FAU will be back in the title game this next year. Uh, obviously, he has to learn how to get through Marshall and some of these other teams. He's going to have to face his old team, Western Kentucky, which will be a lot of fun. Definitely tune in to watch that. But uh, that's just my opinion. I think that uh, there's a lot of interesting concepts with this. I think, you know what? You, you left. You tried to be a big dog, and, and it didn't work. So go back down and just do you. You know what? Just... Keep on uh, kicking butt, and we'll see where they go. So that's just a B. So those have been our coaching grades this go around. And that was our coaching tree, our coaching carousel, coaching wheel, whatever you want to call it, our grades for the coaches right there. So I just want to thank you guys. Take a minute. Thank you guys for everything that you have done for us this football season. It has been a fun ride. We're going to come back 2020 stronger, faster, better than ever, better quality than ever. We're going to get them, those coaches back on. I know that you guys really enjoyed that. Uh, thank you for sticking with us throughout the entire football season. Uh, a lot of We have a lot of ideas going forward. Uh, just finally, uh, somebody asked how we ended up doing on uh, on our predictions as far as the, the bowl games go. We ended up going uh, 24 and 16, so not a bad, uh, you know, little number there we were happy with it uh you know above 50 percent, we are at 60 percent. so 
They say, you know, if you want to be a professional sports better, you need to be able to go 52 to 55%. We did 60. So uh, we're really proud of ourselves and, and, and the research that we did here. Uh, we're very proud of our predictions in which we did uh, throughout the season. And, and we're really proud of you guys. We love you guys. Uh, we thank everything that, that we have. We have a lot, so many things going forward with us. Uh, we have a lot more ideas. We're going to be reaching out and trying to do the best that we can possibly do to accommodate you guys. So what I want to ask of you guys, tell your family, tell your friends, tell anybody that you come in contact with. Podcasting is amazing. It allows us to, to build this platform of us talking to you with, you know, at any moment of the day, you just pop us in your ears and you can speak to us. I love it. I love everything uh, about the podcasting world. I love our fans. I love all of our faithful following, right? Now let's continue to expand uh, and we're going to continue to get, you know, more notoriety. We're going to be able to do those more interviews. Hopefully we can even go to on-site interviews, hopefully do a few more videos videos. A lot of things are going to be coming in 2020. So be sure to follow us on all of our uh, social media platforms. For Twitter, it is at uh, GetRolling19. On Instagram, it's at or it's at yeah get the ball rolling underscored in between it 19 and on facebook it's at get get the ball rolling 32 19 was already taken on facebook sorry about that but so this is this is when we started 2019 was our launch date now let's continue to build this uh, what we've had this year and we're going to build it throughout 2020 and get ready for the new 2020 football season uh, with all of you guys. We're going to be doing some giveaways uh, coming up pretty soon uh, to restaurants, to some memorabilia, things like that. Uh, we're going to be launching a lot more uh, ideas. So stick with us again. Stick with us. We love it. We, we are going to keep on building. So thank you guys for everything. I hope you guys have a wonderful time. Again, be sure to subscribe to the podcast just because uh, if we release something, uh, if we do an All-American, if we you know something big comes around in college football, we'll be sure to talk about it and uh, stick with us, and we're going to keep on going. So thank you guys for everything. Until next time, let's keep the ball rolling.